Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley Bueller, and I'm here with my co-host and twin sister, Brittany. Hey guys. So we have an interview today that I know a lot of you guys are really excited about. Our guest is a four-time state champion. She is also a two-time regional champion and has accumulated over 1 million subscribers on her YouTube channel. And she also released her debut album called Disappear in December. She's joining us today to talk about her college gymnastics plans, her rise to fame on YouTube, and overcoming injuries in the sport. Please welcome to the show, Whitney Bajerkin. So you've been out of the gym for around two and a half months, I think, and you recently got back in about three weeks ago. Is that right? Yes. How has the transition been for you going back to training after, you know, taking all that time off? Yeah, so it's definitely um, been a little rough. Everyone's really sore, but I've actually had my elbow, so I can't really do too much anyways. So all I had to come back from from the two month break was um was like aerials and turns and stuff but I haven't done really too much gymnastics since December yeah you mentioned your elbow can you give us an update on how that's doing yeah of course so um I had a loose piece of cartilage in my elbow so I had to get surgery to one get it removed and two I had to get a donor graft so they had to drill out um, my old bone and cartilage and put in a new um, piece of bone and gar- cartilage. So I have to wait until the donor bone fuses with my bone. Um, so that takes a long time. It's been six months since my surgery. Um, right now, I'm not allowed to go on the high beam or do any flips like on the floor, on the hard floor yet because of centrifugal force or something I don't know but I'm going to the doctor on um, Monday I believe to get a update okay so do you have like any kind of idea of when you'll be able to start doing the arm events again or is that what you're going to find out at your next appointment oh yeah before I got the surgery they said that the recovery time was 12 months so probably around December okay you've had surgery on that elbow before right Yes, ma'am. I had surgery um, two, when was that? 2018. I had an OCD lesion and that was also a year recovery. Okay. So I guess, how do you handle those big injuries like that? And some of the frustration that comes with being injured all the time? (laughs) Um, Well, yeah, it was definitely really hard um, because all I could do was sit there and do different conditioning exercises And it was just really tough for me to watch all my friends get better and better every day. And I just had to sit back for so long. So it's really frustrating. But I guess I just kept thinking about myself and not my teammates. And I I kept focusing on what it would take for me to get ready and do the best I can at just getting back to where I was. And I just tried to focus on myself because it was really frustrating, you know, watching everyone else. But Um, I just kept thinking, you know, once you come back, it's going to be hard, but if you work hard, you can get back to where you are. So was there ever a time where you just felt like quitting? Um, I think so. I've 
thought a lot about what how my life would be different if I did quit just because gymnastics is such a huge sacrifice. So I've definitely thought about it, but I've never actually like wanted to. And if I did, I shut it down really quickly. (laughs) And you moved to Georgia Lee in 2017. And I know you and your family bought a condo so you could be closer to the gym. Did you and your family like all move there or was it, is it just you and one of your parents there? How does that work? Yeah. So, um, we bought the condo so that we could be closer to the gym cause I live an hour and 45 minutes away. So it usually is either just my mom or just my dad. They kind of like my mom will do the beginning of the week and then my dad will do actually flip flop. My dad will do the beginning of the week and my mom will do the second half of the week. And then whoever is, Whoever's at my house will take care of my siblings. Okay. And what made you want to switch gyms in the first place? Was there something that, you know, kind of drew you to Georgia Elite? Yeah. So I was at two different gyms before Georgia Elite and they were great and I had an amazing time and I learned so much at both of them. But um, my ultimate goal at the time was to be an elite and the other gyms just didn't have what it took to be an elite so I tried out at Georgia Elite and I immediately fell in love because they I got like two new skills in my first week there and they just the environment and the coaching was just so amazing like they pushed me so much and I am so grateful for Georgia Elite because it just felt so right and I am forever grateful for um, being at Georgia Elite. Is elite still a goal for you or is that not something that you're really thinking about anymore? Yeah, unfortunately, um, after my first surgery, I did decide that I wanted to do elite. But after trying for a couple of months, um, I just decided to continue with J.O. because it became pretty obvious that um, elite was just not really in the picture. I was 5'8". And the short setting, I could barely do giants in the short setting. And my skills, I was way behind. And I would have to get ready within like two or three months to do the qualifiers. And I just decided that I wanted to get my bigger skills back and move to wide setting so that I could compete and have a good year as a level 10. So, yes, I have decided to um, not go towards elite anymore. So I want to talk about your YouTube channel and how that all came about. I know you were pretty young when you started. So what was the inspiration behind starting a YouTube channel? Yeah, so um, when I was really little, like level three, um, they didn't have, what am I trying to say? Oh, so when I was little, my dad wanted to send my meats to my grandparents that live in Minnesota. So I guess the easiest way to do that was to upload the videos to YouTube and then send them the link. Mm -hmm. So my dad started uploading all of my competitions to YouTube and then sending all of my extended family the links. And we did that for a couple of years until um, my level five score out meet, I think. It got like 5,000 views. And my dad was like, whoa, what in the (laughs) world? So we, he started looking into it a little more and we did a little bit of research and we just kept posting and then we started making more videos and the audience started growing and here we are. Yeah, I mean, you've grown quite a bit in that time and 
you know, now you have, I think, over 1.3 million. Is that right? Subscribers? Uh, yes, ma'am. Yeah, that's crazy. So what is it like to have that kind of following? I mean, I'd imagine that you probably get recognized when you go to meets and stuff. What is that like? Yeah, it's amazing. Honestly, I've got to meet so many sweet fans and it's so fun to, you know, go to different gymnastics meets and everyone comes up and asks for a picture and it's so fun just to like connect with people through it. Um, When I'm not at gymnastics like events, though, it doesn't really of course, I have tons of support and I'm so thankful for everything, but I just feel like a normal kid overall until I go to a meet and I get to meet so many people. Yeah, you go to a meet and then you're reminded that you have 1.3 million followers, basically. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I I need to. <laughs> like, oh, there's people watching me. <laughs> and so do you do a lot of the editing yourself or does like one of your family members help with that? So my dad has always done the editing until like last year I decided I wanted to start helping him. So he still edits most of the videos, but I'm starting to edit my own a little more. Is YouTube something that you see yourself doing long term? Is that a goal for you or? Yeah, I think so. I love making videos and I love um, having all of my supporters. And yeah, I think it's fun. And I definitely love to keep doing it when I'm older. Just out of curiosity, who are some of your favorite YouTubers? Who do you like to watch? Oh, that's hard. Um, Usually when I watch YouTube, I like to watch singers. (laughs) So one of my favorite YouTubers is Daisy Clark. She's not really too well-known, but she has a beautiful voice, and I'm obsessed with her. But I also like Emma Chamberlain and David Dobrik. Those are some of my favorites. I like David Dobrik. He's funny. Yeah. And you've done, like, collabs with, like, Sean Johnson and her husband and stuff, haven't you? Yes. Yeah, I actually actually met Sean Johnson um, in Las Vegas a couple years ago at the, what's it called? Meet Scores Gymnast of the Year Awards. Yeah. And Sean Johnson is friends with Annie LeBlanc and their family. Um, And we were hanging out with the LeBlancs during that whole kind of weekend. And they introduced us. And then my dad and Andrew... Um, started getting to talking, and we planned a collab. Yeah, that's awesome. So when we told people that you were going to be on the show, the one question that it seemed like everybody was asking and they all wanted to know the answer to was about your college gymnastics plans. So is college gymnastics kind of the big end goal for you? Yes. My goal right now is definitely to make it in an SEC college team um but also I'm looking at a a couple of smaller schools too like some they don't have as big as a gymnastics team but academically they're really good but yeah my goal is definitely to still compete for a college team okay and do you I'm assuming you probably follow college gymnastics uh yes what teams do you enjoy watching the most I really like watching LSU and Alabama. (laughs) I think that their energy is really fun. I also really love Florida, too. Okay. Another question that some people were wondering about, I'm not sure if this is something that you're even able to answer, but does some of the stuff you do on YouTube affect your eligibility? I mean, I'm assuming it doesn't if you're still planning on doing college, but do you know anything about how that works? 
Yeah, I don't know much. That's mostly my dad's, but I'm pretty sure we're being really careful about keeping my eligibility. I do know that there are some rules that they are passing in the upcoming years, Mm -hmm. but I don't know too much about that. But I'm pretty sure, yes, we're doing all we can to... um, stay clear steer clear of that yeah okay yeah I figured but I always see people like talking about that on Twitter so I figured I would just ask (laughs) yeah um so switching gears here I want to talk a little bit about your music career because like you mentioned before you do enjoy singing can you tell me a little bit about how you got into singing yeah so I've always kind of loved singing actually my first YouTube video ever is a cover of Carrie Underwood's Jesus Take the Wheel and I was five years old and it's hilarious because I don't even know the words but I've always just loved singing I think it's fun and I love like learning songs and learning how to play them on instruments so I just kind of didn't I just kind of did it for fun and then I forget how old I was. I think I was like 11, maybe. I got a ukulele for my birthday, or like I bought a ukulele with my birthday money. Um, And I learned how to play a couple songs. But I said, what fun is playing a ukulele if you don't sing? (laughs) So I started singing with them. And then I posted a YouTube video of, of me singing. And I was really nervous about it. But after that, I... My dad looked into studios after I started songwriting with my ukulele. And yeah, I don't even know. We just went with it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And you released an EP in December called Disappear. Um, yes, ma'am. How, like, how did you go about creating some of those songs? You know, tell us a little bit about it. Like, how many songs do you have? How long did it take you to produce? Yeah, so Disappear has six songs on it, and I all wrote them for, like, kind of different reasons. Um, Some of them I write when I'm bored. I, like, make up a scenario in my head, and then I turn it, I make it really dramatic and put it into words. And then others, I also have a vocal coach, and she pushes me to write more, and she would give me an assignment, like, I want you to write a song this week about whatever and I would write a song and yeah the the EP took like a long time like way longer than you think I kind of underestimated the process of music producing but it takes a long time like I finished writing all six songs in December of 2018 Mm -hmm. and then we started oh excuse me (laughs) we started recording the um, scratch tracks and everything in February And then we had a producer from New York come and help us. And we worked on the instrumentals all summer. And then it takes a long time to like put it through the editing and like the mixing and mastering. And it takes a long time to like get it in the system. So it finally came out a whole year later in December. So it was definitely a big project and I'm super proud of it. Yeah. What song is your favorite? lullaby that one is definitely my favorite because I love slower songs all my friends think it's weird but I love like slow and depressing songs (laughs) (laughs) so that one's my favorite um that's awesome so if there's people listening that aren't familiar with like your music where can they go to listen to your music um you can find my music anywhere there's it's on music itunes spotify 
I think the, um, what's it called? The software that we use to put it out is, puts it everywhere that music can be found, I think. So yeah, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, anywhere. Okay. And then this is kind of random, but I just have to ask because I'm in love with your wolf turns. They're so well done. You make it look so <laughs> easy and so beautiful. And that's something that not everyone can say. So has wolf turns always kind of come easy to you? Actually, no. I used to be terrible at wolf turns. Really? Um, back when I did tops and I would go to um, the National Training Center for Devo Camp, we would always have wolf turn competitions in the dance room. And I could not do it. I would always fall on my butt and I could never like actually finish it. The only time I really got good at doing them was after I hurt my elbow. So I injured my elbow and all I did was turns and leaps and stuff. And I, I don't know, I guess a bunch of practice and it just clicked one day and I started doing more and more and more. How many can you do? I think I've seen you do five before. Have you tried to do more than that? Or what's the most that you can do? Because five is a lot. That's kind of crazy in itself. But yeah. what's the most that you've tried to do? The most that I've ever done successfully is six. And I actually posted a video of me doing six on my Instagram. Oh, okay. Um, but I've tried to get past six. And I have not succeeded yet. But I'm still trying. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's coming, right? <laughs> Yes, hopefully. We have a few questions from social media. We put on our Instagram and Twitter just for people to ask questions for you. The first one comes from Instagram, and it's from at Nat underscore, underscore Halls 04. And she wants to know how you manage being a taller gymnast. I mean, you mentioned before that you're 5'8", which is crazy. That's, that is really, really tall for a gymnast. <laughs> um, yeah. How do, you, how do you manage being tall, and how does it affect some of your skills? So, yeah, I had a lot of growing pains for, like, a year. Also, without doing a bunch of flips from my first elbow surgery, I think I grew, like, a lot, like, a couple of inches within that year. So, yeah, it definitely felt really weird coming back and being so much taller. Because when you're taller, you're also heavier. Um, And it's harder to – it's, like – I don't know how to explain it because I've always just kind of, I don't know, I just kind of get used to it. But you have to learn how to like use it to your advantage because being tall is definitely different. Like doing a giant as a tall girl is different than doing a giant as a shorter girl. So you just have to learn how to, you have to, (laughs) it's hard to explain. (laughs) You have to like learn how to like do it differently, I guess. And you have to learn how to like get power in different ways and show off your lines in different ways but yeah I've just kind of gotten used to it okay the next question comes from Megan Cleary JD on Twitter and she wants to know what happened to the documentary that you were filming for Uh, did anything ever come of that okay yes so a lot of people have been asking about this because we kind of like made it a big thing when they first started shooting um but it's actually taking place over a couple of years. So we're, it's still in production. So they're still filming it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so they came, they, came one, they came during fall of 2018. Then they came again in the spring. And then it's been a year and they were planning to come back, but corona happened. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, they're planning to come and shoot later this year. Okay, cool. Um, so what is it like having a film crew following you around? I mean, I know I saw on your YouTube channel that they come to the gym with you and they were at your house. So what is it like kind of having a, a film crew following you around? Yeah, so the first time it was kind of weird because you have a mic pack on and whatever you say is being recorded. So it was kind of like a little bit nerve wracking, but the director is so nice and their team is just amazing. So it just, it was kind of just like living life with extra people walk following you. Like it, it didn't really feel weird. It was just, there was extra people around, you know? Yeah. Probably, and, probably takes some getting used to. Yeah. It definitely took some getting used to, but it, after I did get used to it, it just was fun. What's the documentary about? So I'm not really sure how much I'm allowed to say, but it's about um, me living my life in social media Okay, (laughs) and just kind of following me around and seeing how I grow and stuff. Okay. And if you're not allowed to answer this question, that's fine. We totally understand. But are you like the main subject of it or is it like, are there other people involved in the documentary as well? Do you know, or can you say? Um, I think I can say this, but um, there were originally planning to do a bunch of girls, but then I think they had so much footage and a movie can only be, you know, however long. Mm-hmm. So I think they just decided to direct it towards me. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. That'll be awesome. Yeah, me too. And the final question that we have is from uh, is UCLA on Twitter. And they want to know what inspired you to start gymnastics and who was your idol growing up? So I was actually a cheerleader when I was little. So in kindergarten, I did cheerleading, um, competitive cheerleading with my best friends from school. And I loved it. I absolutely loved cheerleading. And I was obsessed with it. That's all I would ever think about. And then cheerleading season was over. (laughs) So after my last after my last cheerleading competition, I was so upset and I was crying in the car. And my mom said, well, why don't we get you into something else that will help you with your cheerleading? She said, you can do ballet, but I, I had already done ballet. So I said, no. And she was like, well, we could get you into a tumbling class like at the gym. And I said, sure. So I went and I started in like rec, like recreational gymnastics and just doing goofy little flips and stuff. And I loved it. I instantly fell in love and I would have my little rec meets. And after my rec meets, they would have the team go and practice and I would see the team practice. And I, my, I don't remember this, but this is what my mom told me. <laughs> my mom said that I looked at her and I said, I want to do that. So my mom was like, okay, well, we'll try and get you there. And yeah, nice. the rest is history. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, well, I guess that was all we had for you, unless there's anything else that you want to add or anything that you want to say to the people. Um, okay, so I will say a few words. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for all your support. You guys mean so much for me, and I would not be where I am without you. Thank you, guys. Never give up. You guys are amazing, and if you have your mind to something, you can do it. I believe in you guys, and I love you. Thank you guys for tuning in and thank you so much to Whitney for joining us this week. It was a pleasure to chat with you and we can't wait to see what the future has in store for you.
We'll be back next week to continue a conversation that we had on the show a few weeks ago on racism and racial inequality within the sport. We will have Tia Kiaku, who is a former University of Alabama gymnast on the show, and she's going to talk about her experience with racism at the University of Alabama and also talk about how she feels the university has handled her complaint so far. Thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode, and we will talk to you next Monday. Bye. Bye.